0: this is my lady. and you a general aviation wrestling
1: podcast yeah hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the General Admission Wrestling Podcast. I, as always, am Avenging Ben, and with me, as always, is... Wait, wait, hold on a second. Hold on. Cut the music. What the fuck? Where the fuck is Mike? He is no longer found. Wait.
0: Hey, what the (laughs) fuck are you doing back? The law of professional wrestling, Ray Ramundo, is back.
1: What the fuck? I thought we threw you out of here the last time. How the fuck did you get back in here? I made a call. <laughs> so, fuck. DJ, did you know Did you know about this? Your check is in the mail, DJ. Oh, goddammit. Throwing us under the bus. Where the fuck is Mike? What did you do to him? Good god, is he alive? Let's just say he's sleeping with the fishes. Oh, god, you killed him and dumped him in the Hudson River?
0: No, he's in my chambers, Damn it, I have fishes down there.
1: Okay, well, are you going to let him out at some point?
0: Mm,
1: Let's see how much milk he gives me. All right, well, you're here anyway. You want to do the show? Certainly. All right, everybody, a change of plans with me tonight uh, for the second time is is a very special guest, the law, Ray Ray Raymundo. So, uh... Ray, how how you been? I heard you had been going through some tough times lately.
0: The law was almost taken out of action. Well, he is taken out of action, but that's a story for another time. I'm well and healthy, your milkman isn't, and I'm here now.
1: Very well. So during your time, uh, we're going to talk about a lot of things now. We're going to talk about Raw and SmackDown as per usual, but as first... There is a little bit of new. We have not wa- I have not watched the new episode of NXT tonight. I will watch it later. But there is some news regarding NXT that we can talk about. Three international talents have been signed to the NXT developmental territory, and we're going to list them off tonight. The three new talents for NXT are Big Demo, Tommy End, and Muri Dobson. I, I The only one of these three I know is Big Damo, because I saw him in WCPW, but I don't know much about the other two. Do you know anything about them?
0: Uh, yeah, just like you, Tommy, and, and Big Damo have been well known all around. Damo, because of WCPW, where one of the greatest managers I can say, Mr. Adam Blampier, from, from a lawyer to a man that follows his laws properly. I salute you, sir. Tommy End, I've seen PWG all around. He's a great guy. Mary Dobson, however, not so much. You don't like her? I haven't seen.
1: Oh, okay. I guess we'll just, honestly, from the pictures I've seen of her, I have some pictures up right now. From the pictures I see of her, she'd make a really good sister, Abigail.
0: <laughs> I keep hearing that from a lot of people. That's why I'm hoping to see what she can bring in the future. The law is interested. The law is interested.
1: law is interested, indeed. So, like, NXT going forward, like, ever since, like, the draft, I feel NXT had been kind of suffering a little bit. They kind of – especially the women's division. Like, they they raided the women's division during that draft, and it really suffered because of it.
0: Yep. But now, recently, they just signed Mary Dobson now. But also, another signing occurred last week.
1: Oh, of course. We did mention this last week on the show, but – It bears repeating because I believe he made his – did he make his debut tonight?
0: Uh, Yes, he did. But I'm talking about one other signing. I hope – I didn't – I don't recall you guys mentioning her because it is a her.
1: Oh, who got signed? Tia Trinidad. Oh, Tia Trinidad got signed to NXT? Yes, she did. Oh, fantastic. So they're slowly but surely rebuilding – They're getting their
0: women's division, yeah.
1: Rebuilding the women's division because you can't build a women's division based on just two or three – People, it would get boring. So, oh, she's Amazing Red's cousin. Yes, she is. Oh well, crazy. Of course, uh, Ray is very good uh, friends. He's with the House of Glory, met with House of Glory management, with the House of Glory wrestling school. So he's very, very in tune with the uh, with Amazing Red, of course. So this is kind of coincidental.
0: That is my sensei. I must mention my mention family of the
1: sensei. Fantastic. So that's pretty much all the way for NXT. Of course, they got Roderick Strong coming in, they got all this brand new talent. So, they're going to be coming in, so there a lot of brand new talent coming in. NXT is slowly but surely rebuilding from the ground up after they were plundered during the draft. So, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do, what the, to see what they'll do going forward. But speaking of, speaking of the draft, each week we try our best to watch both Raw and SmackDown, at least one or the other, and at least compare and contrast which shows did it better. So, let's start off with Monday Night Raw and see what went on this week. You saw Raw, right? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, what did you think this week? Because uh, We'll save our opinions about who won this week till the very end, but what did you think of Raw overall from, overall from 8 o'clock to 11 o'clock? Did it hold your interest for that entire three hours, or were there just specific moments that you liked here and there?
0: I gotta say, Raw this week, it didn't fall flat, because a lot of times Raw has been going that by the second hour, you're like, okay, they're just taking too long now. Okay, get to the finish. Get to the finish. This week it held its own, but it was still... I gotta say they're booking Sasha's Charlotte to the point that, okay, this could be main event now. Yeah,
1: They're, they they're, keep... they're advertising that it is the main event now. It's on the post. No,
0: now it's on... Tw- now Something came up, I think it was this morning actually on Twitter. It's not the main event yet. It's not fully signed as main event.
1: Well, regardless, it's being pimped out as if it is one of the big – I'm going to say like big main attraction matches, which I think is a good move. Like the first ever female Hell in the Cell match, you really want to build that up, you want to give that some gravitas, you want to give that the importance it deserves, which I'm looking forward to that because I think that's going to be an amazing match.
0: Yeah, it really is. It's it's. There's no way this match can't be anything but at least – Close to five stars, so oh. WWE's been able to do it. I see that being making an impact. I see definitely this week you had a lot of booking in Owens Rollins actually being something. It's making people actually want to watch this network special.
1: Which network special?
0: Hell no, because are they still called pay per views? Are they are they network specials? I don't know what is the legality now.
1: Uh, like they can't actually call them pay-per-views anymore. That is true.
0: Yes, the legal term is a network special.
1: Well, you would know, you would know all about legalities, wouldn't you, Mr. Raymundo? Yes. You would know all about legalities. Moving on. So this was a pretty stacked Raw, but we're just going to talk – we're going to talk about all of the main stuff in Block. So let's get everything regarding Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho out of the way now. We open up with another Chris Jericho, Kevin Owens segment with more – you just made the list. Uh, Chris Jericho's list is slowly becoming honestly one of my favorite things every week. I love it. I'm a
0: fan of this list. I'm wondering, are we going to get to a thousand and one members on this
1: list? Oh, but like the list of a thousand and one <laughs> holds. That would actually be really funny. Like uh, hold number eight hundred seventy six. Armbar. Arm <laughs> hold nine hundred and forty two. Armbar. Oh, Jesus Christ. Armbar, you just made the list. Oh, my God. Yeah, but it's becoming like he's a heel, but everybody marks out like crazy whenever he does that shit with the list. So I love it.
0: Because we heels get over.
1: Yeah, you do, don't you? But moving on, like, again, we're going to talk about it in one big block. Of course, it was, uh, again, for me and Mike were talking about before he was so unceremoniously taken away. Me and Mike were chatting last night about like how many times they've done Jericho versus Rollins on Raw during the past few months. And I think that they're coming up on like maybe the fifth or sixth time they've done this match. And it's becoming really – it's still a good match. These are two of the best workers in the business. But it's becoming overly repetitive.
0: It is, but at the same time, it is something that still – Jericho knows how to still put someone over and make it look – Brilliant.
1: Though. Oh god Jericho that dude puts people over like crazy dude put fucking Fandango over Let's not forget that he was he was willing to do that and that the
0: only problem is where's Fandango
1: now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody knows Nobody knows But moving on Even- past that of course we have the beginning of the schism between the best friends Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens, which I'm honestly a little sad about. I, I hope they, I wish they would keep it going a little longer. But I, I guess like all, all sort of weird uh, tag team combinations have to come to an end at some point. But I don't, I wish they would keep. I wish they keep it going a little longer because they have really great comedic chemistry. I, I like the best friends of Jericho and Owens. Jer- Jericho Owens, I like them. Just like we do, Ben. Who needs Mike? <laughs> I need mean, Mike, you, you evil son of a bitch, and I'm going to find you, and I'm going to get Mike back, damn it, after the, do- after the show is done, I'm going to grab my sword and my shield, and I'm going to come to your creepy basement, and I'm going to rescue Mike. Wait a second, is this harassment, Mr. Ben? Ugh, I can sue you
0: to take this show down. <laughs> oh, Remember you're ruining us all in a
1: month. Uh, whatever. Moving on. So that's pretty much everything for Jerick Owens and uh, and Seth Rollins this week. I'm, I'm really happy they're turning Seth Rollins into a full-blown face. He is so much more likable in the face role.
0: It really is. Now that makes you wonder, Is Jimmy Jacobs writing this storyline.
1: Because Warren... <laughs> is, is he putting his old. Own- He's putting his old buddy over. I'm going to give my old buddy a little hand here, Jimmy Jacobs, maybe. But listen, not in the note, a former ROH wrestler, very great wrestler, a former member of the the decade, I believe. They were called the decade. He was working with B.J. Whitmer and Adam Page originally. They were the decade together. He was originally in Ring of Honor, but he – late 2015, I believe, uh, mid-2015 – Ended things with them and he's now one of the writers over at World Wrestling Entertainment. So good on him. Yeah. and uh, Him him, and Tyler Black, way, way back in the day, Tyler Black and now Seth Rollins used to be tag team partners. So maybe you're right. Maybe he's given his old buddy a little bit of a boost. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? It could be. We're going to mainly talk about really the important segments this week and still we're going to talk about some, uh, the New Day and their new rivalry with Shea Zaro, or Sheamus and Cesaro, or why does this tag team exist? I don't even know. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, how do you feel about the whole Sheamus and Cesaro as a tag team thing?
0: I feel like they're gonna need to call me anytime, because this is kind of gimmick infringement. Does anybody else remember the tag team of Benoit and Kurt Angle? Yeah, I like a... Same storyline. We're no it. investigations needing, but okay. <laughs>
1: what were you saying?
0: Uh, same, same thing, that the storyline is kind of similar. So I see them winning those titles sooner or later, but it's kind of getting It's interesting how they're working together so far. I
1: have to admit, I do enjoy how during the matches, both Sheamus and Cesaro on different weeks have been going off Facebook Live during the match and not giving a fuck about their other their, their tag team partner's match.
0: They do need publicity,
1: sir. They're trying to market themselves on Facebook. Yeah, that's actually pretty inventive. I enjoy it. I, th- I think that part of it is funny, but honestly, I, I look at the other half of this equation, the New Day, it is really time to take those tag belts off the New Day, man. It's time. Well, the New
0: Day is kind of getting in legal trouble right now. Monday was also a special day for them because it was day 420.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I saw that.
0: Oh my god! Oh my god! Well, to a couple buddies of mine at House of Glory, it would have been a happy day.
1: Oh, of course, our good old Speaking of, at uh, Herbal Affairs, oh. Mr. Toasty Tom and Rembrandt Lewis. Hey, don't forget about Jimmy. <laughs> oh, I've got no, we forget about Jimmy. Come on. What's up, Toasty Tom here
2: from Herbal Affairs, and you are listening to the General Emission Wrestling Podcast. Stellar.
1: Oh, yeah, good old Toasty Tom doing a sick drop for us back at All or Nothing. But moving on, we are talking about the New Day. Like I was saying, I think I, do you think that the New Day is kind of getting a little old, or do you still find enjoyment in it?
0: I find no enjoyment in them whatsoever.
1: Like They in, make a
0: mockery of a tag team division right now.
1: Honestly, like they're great wrestlers. They really are. It's just kind of the gimmick is really wearing out for me.
0: But the thing is they're great wrestlers separated. That's the thing. They're turning into we know Kofi Kingston is a great wrestler. Biggie had a lot of potential. Xavier Woods psychologically, he's a he's a great wrestler. But now together it's it's kind of getting stale.
1: Yeah, honestly, it's getting as stale as a month-old box of boonios.
0: Which is what I'm feeding Mike.
1: <laughs> you bastard! You're only giving him knockoff lucky charms! Goddammit, Mike! I'll come and save you soon! But as soon as we're done with the show, because we need to put out an episode. I'm sorry, Mike. But moving on, we're talking about Raw and SmackDown, and as far as uh, the rest of Raw goes, we have the always bizarre Bo Dallas squash match? I have no clue what they're doing with Bo Dallas or what this is leading to, but what do you think this whole Bo Dallas thing is leading towards? Because he's been acting creepy for the past few weeks. Well, I,
0: if I remember correctly, all this is supposed to be for his match against Bin Wang that he's going to be having in China. So I think that's why they're making him into a dominant heel. Well, somewhat dominant, because he did lose last week and he l- he was already getting somewhat. He's not dominant as he was like a few weeks ago, and he was just jobbing everybody out.
1: But this week with Neville, it was kind of still one sided. Yeah, it was more one. It was more of an even match, but it was still fairly one sided with Bo Dallas going <laughs> over on Neville. Which why isn't Neville part of the cruiserweight division? Why isn't he mixing it up with Rich Swan and T.J. Perkins and the Brian Kendrick? Because I think if they're going to do that, they have to
0: re-sign him because that's what they did with Sinkar. Um, that was announced because of legalities, they have to be officially a member of the Cruiserweight division.
1: Really? That's that's, that's how it works. Uh, that sucks. I, was re- I really wanted to see him like facing all these other guys, which would have been a lot of fun. Well, if Neville needs a contract
0: negotiation person, just call this lawyer right here.
1: All right, Raimundo, baby. (laughs) All right, moving on. We have the, sadly, I believe the news coming out of this Raw is that Bailey might have been injured in her match with Dana Brooke. There is footage of her being helped to the locker room by two attendants, and she looked pretty banged up. There there was a botched spot in this match that might have hurt her back. So, yeah, I'm kind of worried because this is not a good thing because then the women's division... Is pretty much just Nia Jax, uh, Sasha Banks, Charlotte, Alicia Fox, and I think that's it. Emelina? and, and Emelina too, but <laughs> yeah, she's not... which is another. Which even that I bring her up, that's another.
0: We're going on the lines of giving gimm- infringement again, was it? With WWE, they're copying their own gimmicks.
1: Which gimmick because is this one parody?
0: Literally Melina.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is kind They're of They're going
0: to turn her into another Melina and have Melina in the name.
1: Dun, 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 dun. Gimmick infringement. Oh, my God. Yeah, but I can see I don't like the whole Emmalina thing. I think it's really, really stupid. I-, I liked Darth Emma. I liked the evil Emma with the... Uh, I like the evil Emma with the sunglasses and like the cool Vader armor. I thought that was really cool, but then they got hurt, and I don't know why they're making her change it. Which uh, she—they're giving her all these promos where they're showing off how beautiful she is, and goddammit, it, she is beautiful. But I'm like, mm, you had something good, and you didn't—you didn't use it to its full potential. But I'm like, I'll see where the whole Emmalina thing goes, but I don't know.
0: Well. I guess there's some guys that are enjoying these promos. Yeah, <laughs> just to see the
1: the body of Emma, which yeah, I guess this this appeals to somebody. I guess. Moving on to another squash match. This is where the I believe finally this Braun Strowman thing is finally going somewhere. Kind of. He faces. And I can't believe. And another gimmick infringement. More gimmick infringement. He. Hey, that's off my against, gimmick. He. No, no, no. I'm taking this one from you. No, no. I'm doing the gimmick infringement. <laughs> gimmick infringement all around. No, fuck it. He, I'm suing well, you I'm, again,
0: damn
1: it. You're suing me again, it? Well, I'll sue you back. No, there. I'll sue, what what like. I'll sue you for what you've I'm done, to Mike. I'll sue you for what you've done. I'm keeping Mike
0: longer. See
1: what you do. I'm keeping Mike. Ah, oh, damn. No, I am coming for him, and I'm gonna get him back. He will be back on the show. But moving on to my point. Braun Strowman takes on the Mile High Trio. And one of them even has the big bushy hair. Three dudes, clearly stoned. It's, it's fucking, it's Herbal Affairs. They ripped off Herbal Affairs on Raw. Another gimmick infringement. We're suing Raw. Except honestly, I, I think Blur Herbal will Affairs be suing are much Raw. better wrestlers than these guys. And, and Herbal Affairs has much better ring here.
0: Herbal Affairs would have beaten Braun Strowman.
1: Yeah, probably. Toasty Tom could have gone a a few rounds with little Braun Strowman. That would have been great. Uh, That would have been fantastic. But like, well, but that's
0: the match wasn't even that important. It's the segment after.
1: What happens after? Of course, uh, no fucking surprise. uh, Braun Strowman wins, shocker. Uh, But then afterwards, he wants real competition. In enters, Sami Zayn. Now I'm in two minds about this because a, I don't want Sami to get buried. But honestly, here's the thing. There's a difference between losing and getting buried. I think people forget. And if Sammy takes the loss in this feud, that isn't going to hurt him too much. I I still feel deep in my gut they have big plans for Sammy Zayn. My theory, and hear me out on this, is they want to put Sammy Zayn in a program with with Kevin Owens for the championship, like from Royal Rumble on. To WrestleMania because Sami Zayn is honestly my pick to win the Rumble this year, and he goes on to face Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. But yeah, I but like he does
0: need a challenge like this though. You need someone big so he can finally get that
1: that big win. Main event or push, this yeah. is just or this is just them having Sami kill time until the Royal Rumble. They're just like, oh, you're gonna get this down the line, but let's just kill some time with you now before. The big thing happens. So the match is going to be Braun Strowman versus Sami Zayn at some point. If there's anybody, if there is anybody who can get a good match out of Braun Strowman, it's Sami Zayn.
0: And also, you said earlier it could just be him getting buried. But also in wrestling, there is a difference between getting buried and having to put someone over for the the greater good. Because this guy... If they book him properly, Braun Strowman could be the next monster in WWE.
1: He could be if he if he's booked correctly, which that that's a good point there. Which is
0: why they need someone like Sami Zayn because this guy has been he has the indie credentials. Everyone knows Sami Zayn has been all around. Legally, I can't say he was El Generico at one point. Yeah, there's no records of anybody in Mexico feeding the orphans.
1: Okay. <laughs> El Generico, whatever happened to that guy, Kevin, Ow- Kevin Owens, oh, he died, <laughs> Kevin Owens is just like, oh, he died, it's just like, I, I, I told this story last week on the show, but I ran into a El Generico cosplayer at New York Comic Con, which was awesome, mm. which was fantastic. Moving on to the rest of RAW, we had Rusev introducing his family members up on the Titantron. A lot of people are kind of split down the middle about this bit. I really liked it. I thought it was funny. He's showing off like his brother and his father and his babushka, and that that was really funny. I liked it.
0: I feel Rusev at any time is going to need me to get. I'm out of some legal trouble.
1: Really? Because I
0: just see everyone on Facebook, Twitter. While well, you can follow this group's page at the General Admission podcast on Facebook. Give you guys a little plug there. Because everyone is comparing Rusev's new look
1: to Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. It does kinda look like that. I just <laughs> so I'm if not a fan of the button shops. I'm not a fan. If you need
0: me, just call the law, Ray Ramundo.
1: Oh my God, Man, You're plugging you're you're you're, oh my God. you're you're plugging yourself more than WWE plugs 2K17. Because I'm not from downtown. Oh my God! Can we talk about sidebar for sidebar? Uh, attorney sidebar. Like the funny thing is, how many friggin' times have they played that commercial? for 2K17 where they play this. I, during that, during the past few weeks, I have not seen a single second of game footage from this fucking thing, but I do know all the words to fucking downtown now. Well,
0: I have to look that up who actually sings this song because they're probably getting a lot of damn royalty checks.
1: Because legally
0: they have to get paid for every time that song is played. So it may annoy the hell out of us, but they're getting rich. No, DJ, don't play it. We're going to owe them that money. Them. Is you you God damn it, DJ.
1: Wait. Ben, do you, can you afford to
0: pay for this song?
1: We can afford it. We may.
0: Okay, just in case, take my card after this uh, This podcast. Take that card and shove it up your ass. <laughs> See, just for that, now I'm going to play this song in Mike's chamber over and over. Call the police! No,
1: my god, that's inhumane torture! You'll kill him! <laughs> you evil son of a bitch. You're evil. Just like Roman Reigns? I don't... Is he the heel in this storyline? I can never tell with these.
0: Well, it's kind of getting to the point that he's John Cena status,
1: really. Well, like, he is the face, but he does heal things. Which is what John Cena does. Have you seen what culture this week? Yeah, they did ten the top ten. That he did. When it's like, he is becoming kind of John Cena 2.0 in that respect, which, I don't know. I'm looking forward to the Hell in a Cell match. I'm sure it'll be a good match, but I'm just like, this feud, time to end it. Have Roman move on to something else, and I'm just like, time to end it. Now, do you see Roman coming out still champion, or? Yeah, I say, oh, God. Oh, absolutely. God, keep the belt on Roman. I'm... I I'm kind of warming up to Roman Reigns as a I've always been I've always been a fan of Roman Reigns as a performer and I think keeping the belt on him is a strong is like a strong choice and a good decision because like hey he he's a top guy makes the belt seem important to give it to a to a big guy he's not quite Cena level but I think he'll do good for the belt because like honestly nobody after Cena Del Rio Callisto even Rusev, nobody has done for that belt what John Cena did. There was this period of time where that where the U.S. title was way more important than the WWE Championship. So I feel Roman Reigns could do something hypothetically could do something similar for that championship, similar to how Cena did it. Which I hope yeah,
0: to- the only problem is Cena actually had more followers at the time that he was championed because Roman Reigns, no matter what he does, last week he saved. A woman for crying out loud from getting attacked by a male, and he still got booed. Yeah, yeah, but like Donald Trump is more over than Roman Reigns.
1: <laughs> Sadly, it's kind of true. He is kind of more over than Roman Reigns. Well, one
0: of my buddies at House of Glory, Good Flanders, says vote for Trump twenty sixteen.
1: Oh, my God! Of course, good Hank Flanders would vote for Trump. He does wear those. He does wear those magnificent delightful and magnificent red, white, and blue pants he got he's got. Well, as- the
0: law does not agree with those views. I still just pass them on. That's about it.
1: Mm, fair enough. Hey, here on the general Mission wrestling podcast, we don't judge you for your political views. We judge you based on what kind of wrestling you like. That's what we do. We're on. Un- <laughs> We judge you, but for, but for fair reasons.
0: Ben, watch out how you judge people. That is a lawsuit waiting to happen.
1: <laughs> but There was a lot to un- unbox about Raw this past week, but I feel it is time to get to the real meat and potatoes of this Raw, which was, of course, the return of the one, the only, Bill Goldberg. Uh, I have to admit, honestly, it was cool to see him. <laughs> It was cool to see Goldberg back in a WWE ring. Am I excited for this match? Fuck no. To me, this is... WWE has been making so many big strides lately with the Cruiserweight division, the women's division, the the title pictures, Universal, and the WWE Championship. They're putting over all this new talent. They're doing a really good job. And yet they're still giving more focus to Brock Lesnar, who's only there like three or four shows out of the year, and Goldberg, a guy who has not been in a WWE ring for over 10 years. This, to me, reeks of desperation.
0: We're in the return era. That's what WWE is currently moving themselves toward because everything is getting focused right now. It's just people that are coming back and segments that are coming back because they brought back the cruiserweight division because they wanted those those fans to return. Having Goldberg back, that brought a lot of nostalgia to a lot of people.
1: But it's like I didn't watch Goldberg. I wasn't alive when he – I think maybe I was just I – was, I wasn't alive or I was too young to remember it. I didn't watch Goldberg when he was in WCW. I didn't watch him when he was in WWE. But you knew of Goldberg. I knew of him. I, I, don't, I don't have the deep connection to him that a lot of other people do. It's like, okay, I get that this is more for the people who watched him in WCW in the early, and in WWE in the early 2000s, but I'm like, what does this do for me, somebody who was born in 1997 and started watching wrestling in 2007? I don't know who the who the fuck is Goldberg to me. Listen, Damn, you started I, that late, then. Yeah, two thousand seven. I've been watching wrestling for almost ten years, dude. Get off my back, okay? Uh, do you want? to okay, I'm sorry. Since, that that I've been watching wrestling since the very first John Cena Randy Orton pay per view match. Let me give you a little a little bar to set. Okay, I've so I've been watching,
0: been watching a little wrestling. So I guess I've been watching wrestling a little longer than you
1: have. Okay. Most likely, probably. It doesn't really matter. But regardless, like, who the fuck is Goldberg to me? I mean, he's cool. I, I think he's a cool figure. He strikes a he strikes a menacing and intimidating figure. But I'm like, I, I don't understand why we need to have – I don't need to understand why this needs to be the main event of – Survivor Series or the Royal Rumble or Monday Night Raw. I don't get why this is the thing that has to close out Raw. Why can't it be the WWE Championship? Why can't it be the Cruiserweights? Why can't it be this women's Hell in a Cell match? You're pushing so vigorously. You're putting it on the posters for Hell in a Cell, so why not have Sasha Banks and Charlotte close out the show? I'm just like, why are you dedicating time to a guy who's probably only going to wrestle one more match in his entire career, and Brock Lesnar who's probably not going to be in WWE any longer than maybe two more years. Ratings. Yeah, sad but true. It really does come down to ratings, doesn't it?
0: Yes. Because legally they need to make sure they have their quota, make sure they're getting the money they need because if not, WWE can become... Wait, no, let me not go there. I was about to compare them to a demising brand that, end, that starts with a T and ends with an A, but I'm not going to say their name. But it would never get to that point, but they want to make sure their ratings are not getting to their point. Which is why that company is the only thing I'm showing Mike at this moment.
1: My God, you insidious bastard. Is it at least the broken Matt Hardy segments?
0: I'll leave that to your imagination.
1: moving moving forward of course but regardless Goldberg came out cut a promo said Brock Lesnar you may not you're not just next you're last and I'm like okay that's pretty cool Again, again it's decent but they're building it up correctly do I give a crap about it no I don't really care I saw I've seen replays of that match from 2004 it's not very good I asked an old teacher of mine on Twitter what he thought, an old teacher at my high school, what he thought of that match all the way back in 2004. And he said, oh, that match was garbage. It was terrible. I don't get why they're doing it again. And I'm like, exactly. It's horse- It was horse shit in 2004, and it'll probably be horse shit again. I can be proven wrong, of course. I will leave it to that match to impress me any way it can. But if, that, if they try to make a technical match out of Goldberg and Brock Lesnar too, they are not going to be doing those two any fucking favors. And even more so if they have Brock Lesnar lose to Goldberg, the only WWE superstar who has been booked remotely correctly in the past few years, AJ Styles is at a hell of a year, but the only other superstar who's been booked correctly from start to finish is Brock Lesnar. Beats The Undertaker, beats John Cena... Loses the title without being pinned, goes on another tear, beats the Undertaker again, beats Dean Ambrose. He's just been, he's been booked better than anybody else, and to have him lose to this mat to this old fart is not the way to book him.
0: Yeah, I don't see that happening either. If WWE wants to cash in on this properly. They'll have Brock Lesnar put, get over in this match. Probably try to square Goldberg into wrestling one more time. I see this happening. They're going to tie it up, have one last match at Mania probably. Because they'll do this at Survivor Series. That's the plan. And then maybe a Mania
1: third match? Seems like the most, honestly, If they're, if, if I know WWE... Like, they'll stretch this out because Vince McMahon loves rubber matches. He loves big three, three pay per view matches where one guy wins one, the other guy wins one, and then they have a big blow off to the feud. Which yeah. makes him
0: even more money.
1: Even more money for for <laughs> more money for Vince McMahon. Uh, God damn it, Goldberg, get, get your old ass in there. Uh, Lessner will pay as much as you want. Get in there. We'll both of you too have a match. God damn it. So overall, despite, the, despite my feelings on Goldberg, I really felt this was a good episode of Raw. I really did enjoy it.
0: Yeah, it was. It was like I said, the ratings are going to be higher this week than the past few weeks. It's making Vince McMahon a lot of more money right now, bringing in guys like Goldberg, bringing in guys like having Lesnar back on television again, So, which is why they're bringing Lesnar back next Monday. They're having this triple threat match next Monday between Rollins, Owens, and Jericho. They're going in the right direction again. They're fighting SmackDown. They're fighting like they're supposed to.
1: Yeah, and speaking of, moving on to the highlight of every week, talking about SmackDown Live, which I always feel is always the best show of every week. And this week was frankly no exception because... This week was actually really great, especially the main event, which we will get to. That
0: main event was, was a shocker, but okay.
1: was so entertaining, but let's just go through SmackDown in order. Of course, we have the reveal of the brand new James Ellsworth t-shirt, available now on www.shop.com.
0: Okay, even James Ellsworth is a fucking gimmick infringement. Sorry for my foul language. Because WWE is really looking for a big lawsuit. Are they trying to become TNA again? Are they trying to get sued in multiple altercations? (laughs) Ah.
1: Who's he ripping off?
0: I see this turning into the biggest jobber that actually became a star was Santino Marella. Not even to say that because Santino actually knew how to wrestle properly. Being a for, be, becoming Intercontinental champion on his first night. But I see this just going too far now.
1: Yeah, honestly, like I like I really enjoy the whole James Ellsworth thing. It's funny. It's very funny. But this gimmick only has so much mileage and I feel like it's starting to run its course. Because honestly, like it just doesn't feel like this is something that could sustain more than a month, more than a month or two of comedic bits and matches, because eventually, wrestling fans are fickle. They will move on to something else.
0: How is it the cruiserweights had to wait months to actually get their own theme songs and this guy's had how many maybe 3 4 matches
1: the fucker he even has, has his, his own, own theme music give him dj play music.
0: that theme song please Where's
1: the fucking theme song But yeah, it's a really good theme. It's it doesn't But not for him. Oh my god. We'll get to James Ellsworth in more detail. It's a
0: mockery to so many guys that have had to do jobs for WWE. Buddies of mine from House of Glory have done jobs just small little like T J Marconi, a big guy a big
1: one of my favorites. I did an interview with him.
0: Yes, I was gonna. I was trying to segue that in a big follower of the show, literally a big follower.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you listen to us, you, you motherfucker. You listen to the General Admission Wrestling Podcast.
0: Okay, I wouldn't call him a motherfucker because then that's going to be another lawsuit. Uh.
1: Damn it, Ben! I'm trying to save you. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not saying TJ Marconi is the motherfucker. I'm saying you're the motherfucker. Okay, just making sure. No, TJ Marconi is fucking awesome. That dude gave me a a five to six minute interview, and it was a great, funny little interview. And I thank him. If Mr. Marconi, if you're listening to the show, I thank you again for the interview. It was fantastic. And speaking of which, coming up later tonight on the General Admission Wrestling Podcast, you will be hearing an interview from House of Glory's resident lawyer. And I'm not talking about this son of a bitch who's doing the show with me. I'm talking about Matthew Ryan Shapiro who gave me an exquisite 10-minute interview at ICW One Night Only where he talks about his journey in the pro wrestling industry, the tag team division, and his plans for the future. So you'll hear on that a little bit later on. I believe it's going to be delightful. It is going to in be very words. delightful. But moving on, we again, World James Ellsworth was the highlight of this raw? I can tell you what wasn't the highlight. Randy Orton and Bray fucking Wyatt. Wait a second. Of this SmackDown. Ben,
0: I think, yeah. Okay, I, I said was gonna raw. try to correct.
1: Sorry, I said raw, not SmackDown, but the, every week on SmackDown, this fucking Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton thing, which had so much promise to be good, is just getting stupider and stupider. What was the thing this week? Okay, Bray Wyatt comes down in a coffin with sheep people in robes. Gimmick infringement. Yeah, gimmick infringement from the fucking Undertaker. Gee, I wonder who else has a fucking coffin. It's the Undertaker. How much more blatant could you be? And again, Bray comes out, wiggles his fingers, says boo. Randy Orton has a match with Luke fucking Harper. Kane comes out and disqualification, but I'm just like, Luke Harper deserves better than this. Bray Wyatt deserves better than this. And I'm just like, what the fuck are you doing? It's so it's such a waste. You're wasting four guy you're wasting three great wrestlers and Kane in a fucking stupid feud. So what are you gonna do? You're gonna have Bray Wyatt fight Randy Orton, you're gonna have Luke Harper face Kane. First off, what a fucking waste of Luke Harper's talents. That dude is way too fucking good for this. Second of all, this feud needs to end because it's been bullshit for a month now. Tag Team casking match, anyone? Oh, fuck. They would do that, wouldn't they? Oh my god, they would. That is, that's too stupid even for them to do. And they do it. Money. Money, money. Money. Moving on, we had a little, we had actually a really funny interview with AJ Styles backstage where he said, James Ellsworth winning the WWE Championship would be like David Arquette winning the WCW Championship, which I am so happy they referenced that in 2016 because that is one of the go to bad wrestling moments. And I'm so happy they're keeping the legacy. Of that shit show alive. Which
0: is I wonder if AJ Styles will be probably getting sued for saying something like that.
1: Mm, nah, no, David right.
0: Arcad doesn't want to get bad publicity like that.
1: Maybe. Who knows? But we'll see where this goes. Moving on, or, we had we had, of course, nah. we had Alexa Bliss versus Naomi. Good match, not a lot to say about it, but I am very happy that they're pushing two extremely talented women. Of course, Alexa Bliss went over. She's gonna be facing Becky Lynch when she comes back from her injury in a few weeks. Like again, not much to say, but I really enjoy what they're doing with the women's division on SmackDown, which again is ten times more entertaining than the women's division on Raw, despite the fact that's the one that's getting all the publicity.
0: Well, in general, we can't say women are actually getting used properly now.
1: Um, they, so it's working. It is working. Like they're getting they're they're getting frequent like appearances on the show. SmackDown features them more than once and in frequently long segments. So. Again, we're getting we're baby steps. We're making baby steps, and it's paying off. Again, we have Alexa Bliss, who's dressed up like Freddy Krueger, which I thought was a good touch for Halloween. And I like how she's cutting in three weeks. The fairy tale is over for, uh, for Becky Lynch. There is no more have a Happily Ever After, which I'm thinking they might put the belt on Alexa. I'm thinking they might actually do it.
0: They're going to have Becky in a nightmare on Alexa street in a few weeks.
1: <laughs> they wouldn't make a pun like that. That seems like something they do. But moving on.
0: Mike is living right now in his own nightmare.
1: Oh, God. Damn it, Mike. I'm coming for you. I will save you, my friend. Gimmick infringement. But moving on, of course. Oh, Lord. Here we go. Okay. I'm going to say it, and we all know it's coming. Let's talk about Kurt Hawkins.
0: And the travesty. I'm going to cut you off right now. Because weeks and weeks you guys make fun of the greatest talent coming out of the Indies, the Prince of Queens, Brian Myers, Kurt Hawkins, Apollo Cruz, I will not say I've been contacted, but we will be suing you. How dare you interrupt his debut?
1: Oh my god, but unlike what if what Raymond isn't making clear, what Ray Raymundo isn't making clear, unfortunately, is unfortunately that Kurt Hawkins was punched in the face prematurely by Apollo Cruz and refused, nay, refused to wrestle in a WWE ring. Which means, once again, we have to keep waiting for this son of a bitch to have a match on SmackDown. Again, it has been almost seven weeks. Get on with it already. I am sick to death of this. I like Brian Myers. I like the guy. I like him as a performer. I want to see him wrestle before I want to smash my TV with a hammer. It was just a waste of time for me because I'm just like, they're giving him Eva Marie's gimmick. It was such bullshit. And I'm like, what are you doing? Give him something to do. Because I'm just like, okay, you're...
0: He was trying to compete, Ben. Apollo Crews is the blame. If you want to blame anyone, blame Apollo Cruz.
1: Oh, my God. Of course you're taking Kurt Hawkins. You're taking his side on this fucking one because you're the heel, of course. Kurt Hawkins. God damn. I'm not going to answer that. Kurt Hawkins. Ugh. But moving on, we had, of course, another segment with Carmella and Nikki Bella. Like I said, uh, where they're, they're trading insults. They're trading heel insults and stuff because decent feud. I like what they're doing with it. Like you said, I'm glad the women are getting significant time on television. These two have put on a good match before. Let's see if they can do it again. It's something for each of them to do. I feel as though it's time to start bringing this feud to an end. Maybe start putting, uh, maybe start putting Carmella into the women's title picture. Maybe put Nick Nikki back in the title picture. I feel like it's time to start moving it in, in a different direction.
0: Yes, yeah, same here, same
1: here. Yeah, again, not a lot to say, but decent segment. Again, backstage with a real. The real uh, strength of this episode of SmackDown was another segment with James, where the fuck is my chin, Ellsworth, saying, I am going to main event an episode of SmackDown for the WWE title one day. My grandchildren are going to talk about this. And like he seemed genuinely very sincere about it, which I was like, that's, that's kind of touching. And I'm it really probably
0: was cool. a shoot interview.
1: Yeah, it probably was because like, it felt like that. And moving on, we had the Dolph Ziggler, Heath Slater, and Rhino versus the Miz and the Spirit Squad match. I thought this was a lot of fun. I thought this was a lot of fun. You have Heath Slater and Rhino, who are both comedic gold, facing off against the Miz and the fucking Spirit Squad. I cannot believe it's 2016, and I am I have to talk about the Spirit Squad. Oh my god. I'm playing those matches
0: back and forth in Mike's head right
1: now. Oh my god, no, you're playing you're showing him nothing but spirit squad matches. This is ridiculous. Mike, you bastard, I am coming for you. Hang on, don't go towards the light. But honestly, I like what they're doing with this. They're sort of turning the spirit squad into the Miz's kind of cronies, which I think is pretty funny. The
0: Miz will be champion again soon. You think so? I see it happening because I feel like they gave him the belt just to make sure we thought Ziggler was going to lose. He was going to leave WWE for a while. He gets the belt just to make sure okay, he's staying. I see Miz regaining that gold. This rivalry isn't ending anytime soon. Though.
1: Yeah, they're going to keep it going a little bit longer. But again, in this match, the Miz and Spirit Squad won via shenanigans. Of course, the right way to do it. And again, it'll move on to more things. Although I am worried they're going to put... Is the new feud going to be Heath and Rhino versus the Spirit Squad? Because that's a little bit weird. Because they would not put the belts on the Spirit Squad, would they? Do you think they're dumb enough to do that? I see in this age
0: of the return, I see that happening. If we're seeing Goldberg main event of pay-per-view after twelve years, I think after only 10 years of not being on WWE television, I can see the Spirit Squad having gold again.
1: Yeah, maybe. It seems like something that could be done. I'm just not I'm just saying it seems like a ridiculous idea to me. Moving on, quick match. Honestly, I blinked and this match was over. Baron Corbin, Jack Swagger. Swagger comes in. Swagger gets beaten up. Uh, Corbin beats the shit out of him, hits him with the end of days, match over. I think they're booking Baron Corbin correctly. I think that they're making him a dominant threat. But I feel like they need to do something with him now before it's too late. So I would either A, put him in the WWE title scene, or B, I would put him in the Intercontinental Championship scene. Either one. Can we
0: see a Baron Corbin versus Braun Strowman at Survivor Series?
1: That would actually be pretty cool. I'd, 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 I'd want to see that. See two big motherfuckers going at it, fighting each other, which would be fantastic.
0: That would actually make sense because both bookings are somewhat similar because both guys are just jobbing people out. But
1: they both pretty much are jobbing people out. A- poor Poor Jack Swagger. But moving on to the big, to the big news coming out of this SmackDown. No, James Ellsworth did not win the WWE Championship. Sadly, the boyhood dream did not come true for James Ellsworth. But, but he did win the match. He did win the match <laughs> via DQ. So James Ellsworth now has two non-pinfall victories to, over AJ Styles. No, he has one pinfall victory. Last
0: week it was a pinfall.
1: Oh, he, he, Oh, he does have a pinfall victory in a non-pinball victory over... Which is two more than he deserves. Is. Which is two more than James Ellsworth deserves, but we're not going to hold that against him. I will say that this was very entertaining, and of course you have the pop of the night with James Ellsworth hitting a pretty decent super kick, which they've called no-chin music, which is genius. He hits No Chin music on AJ Styles. The crowd goes nuts for this. Uh, it was a huge pop, and for this brief moment, I ned- I didn't when this match was announced last week. I was like, there is no way in hell that James Goddamn Ellsworth is gonna win the WWE Championship. But then, literally, they do this thing. He hits the mother of all super kicks on AJ Styles, and for this brief moment. I'm thinking, no, there's no way they do it. And they didn't, but I was really, really amazed. But overall, SmackDown this week was really good, and that segment had a lot to do with it. So if you had to say, who won this week in terms of WWE television? Which show did you prefer more, Raw or SmackDown?
0: I going to say, Raw had the nostalgia factor of Goldberg. SmackDown had that new edge having James Ellsworth. I actually put a great showing that at some points of the match, you're like, is this really going to happen right now? <laughs> is he walking away champion? So, I don't know. I can't, I don't see either show actually taking a win this week. I see it somewhat even in a sense.
1: Well that pretty much does it for SmackDown. So we're going to take a quick little we're going to take a quick little break and we'll be right back with our House of Glory unbreakable predictions and the interview with Matthew Ryan Shapiro. We'll be right back.
0: We're back. This is the law of Ray Raimundo. We're making this a dairy-free zone after 12 o'clock tonight. I'm going to take Mike's job from here. And I just want to remind you, you can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio. Follow the Facebook group at the General Admission Wrestling Podcast. And our DJ is trying to make me safe. Maple Bean Radio. Which is not a real thing. I will be suing
1: you. Which is not DJ. a real thing, everybody. So don't. Go to Maple Bean Radio. It's not a fucking thing. It's not a thing. Oh, my God. Okay. Is Maple Bean Radio a fucking thing? Okay, no. It's not a fucking thing because he invented it. Because our DJ is making it up from his crackpot brain. Maple Bean Radio is not a fucking thing. So stop.
0: Well, the DJ has just sent me some money, so I guess it is a real thing. Okay.
1: God damn it. You can be bought so easily, can you? God damn it. But moving on, speaking of things that can also be bought easily, for 20 to, for twenty to $25, you can go see House of Glory Unbreakable this Friday night at Club Amazura in Jamaica. And I'm looking forward to this show because it's going to be great. So what do you think? Great is an
0: understatement to say because this is gonna be—it's gonna be a dream. I'll say
1: that. It's going to be an amazing show, of course. But we're gonna run. But seeing how this is a wrestling show, and we are—we are the critics and we are the fans here. We are going to, of course, do some brief House of Glory predictions. Of course, for the we have the full card here. It was just finalized today these shows this Friday. This is the matches as of this moment that the matches that are going to be happening. Of course, this is an indie show. Things can happen. Card is subject to change. But as of this Wednesday night at uh, almost 10, at 10.23, these are the matches as they stand. So we're just going to go from top to bottom and see what our predictions are. The first match on the card. One last thing, Mr. Ben, before you start, I will be allowing Mike to join us on that night. Uh, oh, you're going to release him? No, because you're not going to allow him, because the minute that the show is over, I'm running over there with my short, with my sword and my shield and my badass battle axe, and I'm gonna save him from your dungeon of horrors. Mark my words. <laughs> Evil bastard. Well, of course, starting off the show is going to be the second annual Vinny the Voice Battle Royal in-memorial for Vinny the Voice, the former House of Glory announced that unfortunately passed away in 2014. Battle Royals are always fun. It doesn't really list who's going to be in it, so not really something we can predict, but I'm sure it'll be a fun little free-for-all. Battle Royals always serve to kick off the show. They're always pretty fun. Looking forward to it. But the first match we can actually predict is going to be Ken Broadway, the Crown Jewel champion, defending his belt against the greatest British technical wrestler right now, Zack Sabre Jr. First of all, this is going to be a great match. I can just tell. But as far as who is going to go over in this match, I would love it if Zack Sabre could win the belt and stick around in House of Glory, but he's a busy guy, that's simply not the case. So even though this is going to be a great match via Shenanigans, I'm sure Ken Broadway is going to retain the Crown Jewel Championship.
0: Shenanigans? He is the elite of House of Glory. I see Cash Flow Ken Broadway dominating this match, just like he did a month ago against wwe's tony knees cash flow will walk out still the crown jewel champion
1: well again again is necessary going to be a great match we'll certainly see next up on the card again like this is not the confirmed order this is just how i'm reading them is going to be tna's trevor lee Going one-on-one with Evander James, formerly EA James, recent, recent heel turn and newest member of the Trust under the tutelage of Matthew Ryan Shapiro, who you'll be hearing from later on. But as far as this match goes, uh, funny enough, they started building this match up at ICW One Night Only. And uh, I was at that show. Uh, quick, We don't have time for a full encapsulation of what yeah, ICW's One Night Only, but in short and sweet. A very entertaining show, a very raucous crowd. There were some good moments, there were some bad moments. Overall, a good swan song for ICW and a good swan song for classic ECW. But the big, but the big moment for me of that show was um, Matthew Ryan Shapiro and The Trust, Evander James and the New York Wrecking Crew, beating the shit out of Trevor Lee and telling them, next week at Unbreakable, you're going to die, Trevor Lee. Like Evander James is going to put you in the ground. And I'm like, I love it when other indie shows build up for other indie shows. I think that is a great thing. I feel so many shows could benefit from using that mentality. But as far as the match itself goes, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Trevor Lee is going to take this one. What do you think?
0: Which is why you are the simpleton, Mr. Ben, and I am the law of professional wrestling. I have to go from one lawyer to another... I'll follow Shapiro's tutelage and I say Vander James will take another challenge and get another victory.
1: Very well. We'll certainly have to see. And next up it is going to be a match in the House of Glory Tag Team Shot Tournament. It is going to be is going to be the New York Wrecking Crew under the tutelage of again Matthew Ryan Shapiro going one-on-one with one of my favorite tag teams in the New York area right now. Private Party, and I think, as always, this is going to be an amazing match. When does Private Party never put on an amazing match? And, of course, against the New York Wrecking Crew, which are, is going to be a great match. But as far as who I think is going to win, you know, honestly, you need, you got you to gotta show that this is serious. You got to show that this, is, this tag tournament is going to go the distance. I'm thinking Private Party is going to take this one. I'm going to go with my heart. I'm going to go with Private Party.
0: Same as before. Shapiro does not choose the wrong guy. New York Wrecking Crew will dominate and will soon be your new House of Glory World Tag Team Champions.
1: Again, we'll certainly have to see. Again, I enjoy the New York Wrecking Crew, but again, I've got to go with my heart. i going to go with my boys' private party. But up next, it is going to be another match in the Tag Team Tournament. It is going to be. This is going to be a true barn burner. This is going to be a brutal match. It is going to be the team of two-click TJ Marconi and Josh Glide going two-on-two with EYFBO, part of Team Pazuzu. Uh, I love both of these teams. I love teams, I love teams, I love EYFBO, I love TJ Marconi and Josh Glide. If I had, to, I love them both. If I had to pick one team to go forward, I'm thinking it's going to be two-click.
0: Hmm, I finally can agree with you on something, Mr. Ben. We're finally finally, seeing eye to eye. We're seeing eye to eye. Too bad if only Mike could have said the same.
1: (laughs) (sighs) You dastardly bastard. So, you agree with me? Two click will be taking the win.
0: Yes, I see them moving far in this. It's going to be an interesting match when they face the New York record crew. I'll say that.
1: Certainly have. We'll certainly have to see. Moving on, we have our women's match of the night. It is going to be. The leader of the Strong Army herself, Sonya Strong, going one-on-one with Heidi Lovelace in a one-on-one match. And I gotta go, uh, since they're building up Sonya as a legitimate competitor, and they're building her up to face off against this mystery woman, I'm thinking it's going to be Sonya taking the win. Two for two, Mr. Ben,
0: two for two. We agree again, but I see this being... Because sooner or later, when we finally do crown in the tournament, a new House of Glory women's champion, this will be led by Sona Strong. Mama? So I see her. We'll, we'll certainly her have to see. Victory.
1: I see it taking it too. And once again, finally, the main attraction match for this show, it is going to be Matthew Riddle going one-on-one with the son of a son of a plumber. It is going to be Cody fucking Rhodes this match I know is gonna be awesome and as far as who's going over I'm gonna have to go with my boy Cody Rhodes on this one
0: all roads lead to House of Glory this Friday it's going to be a night to remember I see
1: You see, you see, you see, Cody Rhodes going over.
0: I want to say Cody because after the great seminar we just had on Saturday, for all those that came out, it was a great seminar. For those that missed an oppor- this great opportunity,
1: you missed out on something to gain.
0: For Cody Rhodes. How oh my God!
1: Matthew <laughs> my, the, our DJ is our DJ is informing me that I said the same thing about BCW. And that night, and that show did not turn out to be very, oh, you said that BCW was going to be a show to remember. And in a few ways I it was, that? but, oh, if you think I that this said show, BCW? you said BCW. When has a law
0: ever been attached to BCW? What? DJ, have you got me mistaken with someone else?
1: <laughs> well man, I, I think I might have to agree with uh, I Marie! might have to agree with uh, Ray. I might agree with Mr. Raymundo on this one, DJ. I don't think I don't think you I don't think you have any proof. What is he
0: what well, I don't I don't know.
1: But We're however, not. just like
0: I said, there that's gonna goes, be a BC, great match. BC,
1: well, good My luck luck final prediction will be Cody. I'm going Cody too. Good luck to BCW, who's having their own show this month. Does not look good We're BCW. <laughs> uh, you should still check him out. looks like a funny show. looks like a fun show <laughs> regardless Let's we have uh, so that is but another thing we should talk about is um will Anthony Gangone be appearing at House of Glory unbreakable because he did walk out with the House of Glory heavyweight championship. On uh, at All or Nothing, he cashed in his long overdue title shot. So we will have to see if we'll have to see if Mr. Gangone will make an appearance at Unbreakable because how are they going to handle the situation without their championship? We need our title back. We'll have to see what happens. So those are our predictions. For House of Glory Unbreakable, it is, of course, at the time of this recording. It is now Wednesday night. House of Glory Unbreakable is going to be at the NYC Arena Club, Amazura, at uh, 91-12, 144th Plaza, Jamaica, New York. There's a Facebook page. Tickets still available. Friday, 6 o'clock. Bell time, 7 or 8 o'clock. Come on down. 20 bucks at the door. Bring a sign. Have a drink. It is going to be an amazing show. Come on down, buy some merch, meet the meet the wrestlers, meet the managers. Meet us,
0: we'll be there.
1: Meet the General Admission Wrestling Podcast. Me, yeah. Whole Milk Mike. Once you let him out of the basement, of course. Once I save him, and of course, uh, our DJ will be there, and other mem- and other friends, friends of the show will be. I assume. line.
0: maybe Ramundo, the re- we'll maybe the
1: regular there. season sportcast will be at the at the show. We don't know yet. Jay Santi, we'll see if he's there as well. So regardless, uh, you can come on, bring your ass down to House of Glory Unbreakable. It's going to be one hell of a show. And with that, that we've finally concluded, I believe it is time that we have to, uh, before I end the show, of course, I just want to shout out the regular season's sportcast <laughs> one more time. They've been us a few times. So let's just say that they're an amazing podcast, and you should definitely check them out. Jay Santee, Mets fan Matt, of course. He was the Mets fan champion of New York, you should... He wears that belt with pride, damn it, and you should always... Now, stop it. They're a good podcast. We're not petty. Listen to them. Listen to us. If, they, if we drug them... See? We're good people here. Listen. Check out the regular season cast. Jay said he just had Anthony Gangone on the show. That was insane. But um, Listen to that interview. Go get my... But now that that business is taken care of, Mr. Raymundo, I believe it is time to end the show, and it's time to come liberate Whole Milk Mike from your dungeon of horrors. Now, if you'll
2: excuse me... Well, before
0: you do that, I have to do one thing, and if we're going to shut this down from one lawyer to another, I'm hearing you have this interview ready. So here's the interview with my buddy, Matthew Ryan Shapiro. And Ben, if you want, Mike, come and get me. (laughs) I'm coming for you, Mike See
1: you guys next
0: week this is a live Show.
1: podcast. Once again, thank you all for listening to the show. I will be—we will be back next week, hopefully, with a little more milk on the show instead of you, you bastard. And despite the hijacking over,
0: from unwanted guests,
1: and despite the unwanted intrusion of unwanted guests. I'd say this has been another successful episode for the General Admission Wrestling Podcast. Thank you once again all for listening, and now we are going to cut to the interview with Matthew Ryan Shapiro. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have a friend to go rescue. Mike, I'm coming for you, you bastard! I'll be back next week. <laughs> Hello, everybody. It's Avenging Ben from the General Admission Wrestling Podcast, and I am here at the Queensboro Elks Lodge for ICW One Night Only. And my guest tonight is
2: Matthew Ryan Shapiro. I know you're shaking, you shiver, and it's a chilly day here outside the Queensboro Elks Lodge. But Benjamin. My dear boy, do not be afraid, do not fear, because the voice of New York Professional Wrestling is right here on the General Admission podcast to elucidate all of you idiots watching and listening, because people are watching us here outside the Elks Lodge. There's too many people, makes me uncomfortable. But I'm here to answer your questions and whatever you have on your mind.
1: Well, thank you very much, manager, commentator, extraordinaire. <laughs> So basically the first question I'd like to ask is how did you get into the wrestling business? How did you get into the manager role? Was it something you always wanted to do or was it something you just kind of fell into by accident?
2: Oh, this is something I've wanted to do my entire life, but it was honestly uh, a complete accident. I started in radio about nine years ago, and when I started in radio, I had a talk show, and it was a wrestling show, and I started meeting different people and different promoters and stuff, and they gave me chances on commentary, and I would do commentary for places, I would start... You know, young boying and helping out wherever I could. And I was up in Canada, uh, in Ottawa for C4, which is probably the best wrestling promotion in Canada. And they needed someone, buddy, with a suit who looked like a lawyer. And as before, I had my beard, I had short hair, I was doing backstage announcing, backstage interviews for a company. And they asked me, uh, Hey, you're here for ISW, you have a suit, can you play a lawyer? That's what I did. And five years later, I'm here.
1: Wow, it's impressive how far you've come. So you play a dastardly heel character. What do you personally feel? What is your biggest influence in terms of your character? Is it all 100% you, or have you picked and plucked different elements from different sources?
2: Oh, I have been watching professional wrestling for 26 years. Uh, so, So for my entire life, I've been watching wrestling, different managers, different influences, Paul Heyman, Bobby Heenan, Jim Cornette, Gary Hart. Those are the four guys that I look to as the paragons of what we do. Uh, There's also the Grand Wizard, Freddie Blassie. If you take a look at my attire, it is some sort of weird mishmash of the Grand Wizard, Jim Cornette, Freddie Blassie, and some sort of sartorial gangbang. But uh, those guys... um, a lot of just different people. I worked for the Opie and Anthony show as an intern for two years. So a lot of, like, my verbose, like, my energy comes from doing that, uh, listening to a lot of Ron and Fez in my formative years. like Those were things that I did uh, really to just kind of get a sense of my personality. It, this is just me amplified, but I am the sum of a million different parts. The
1: best, uh, the best characters are often exaggerations of actual people. Exactly. So you manage a lot of different talent, but how did you form your relationship with the New York Wrecking Crew?
2: Oh, uh, so... When I started working again at House of Glory, I worked there previously uh, working on their pre-show matches managing the Disrespectfuls. Uh, In 2015, I had made a separation from the Disrespectfuls and decided to go out on my own. And I started working again at House of Glory. We started with Big Daddy Cruz, but they wanted to make a push to get more guys exposure, get people who have the opportunity to help them grow. And I love working with new talent, helping developing talent. That's what I... That's why I'm in House of Glory, that's why I'm in 2KW, that's why I'm all these different places, because I want to help other people grow aside from myself, and the New York Wrecking Crew, we're looking for a manager, we're looking to find their next level, and that's how the trust was born, and we've been together over a year now, and it's probably been one of the best relationships I've had managing someone in wrestling, working with uh, Big Daddy Cruz, EA James, and the Wrecking Crew has been such an amazing relationship because I've been able to help these guys grow and get better. And they have been evolving so much. And you'll see that on the 21st at Unbreakable. You're going to see the best tag team in House of Glory in the New York Wrecking Crew. And if House of Glory Management is smart, I'm just going to divert here. If House of Glory Management is smart and Rob Blatt, certain days, not so much... But if House of Glory management is smart, they'll just let all the other competitors in the tag team tournament drop out and just have it be New York Wrecking Crew and House and House of Glory's best tag team, the New York Wrecking Crew, at Hog 6.
1: Nobody's better than them,
2: huh? No, not in my... EYFBO's close. There's a lot of great tag teams. We're in a... Real big evolution of tag team wrestling. There's so many great tag teams, especially here in New York. The Super Savages, EYFBO. There's so many that you can list. Two-Click? Two-Click as well. Like, those guys for a team that was just, like, that came together naturally. They came together organically and have worked so well and have generated a response from the audience. So you can't dispute what they've done. But to me, Seton and Blackman have really set themselves apart and have done a lot of cool stuff. For being guys, they're not traditional New York wrestlers. They're not about flips. To me, they remind me of the Minnesota Wrecking Crew, of an Arn and Ole Anderson or an Arn and Tully. Wear you down, beat you down, and make you look as terrible as humanly possible at the end of the fight
1: is important, selling the psychology, the storytelling of a match is very important. On that subject of wrestling, as a manager, as a commentator, it's a very theatrical part of the business. Mm -hmm. What do you feel is the most important aspect of being a a manager, face or heel? Like, what do you feel, since it's a dying art, there aren't as many managers as there used to be, what do you feel is the most important aspect of being a manager?
2: The most important part of managing is making sure that your talent is spotlighted. Because it can't all be about us. The managers are a very important part of a pro wrestling show. But if you don't get your talent over, if you don't make the guy that you're managing more important, that's what you've got to do. That's what you got to do. That's the root of it, is get your talent over and make sure you'll get over in the process. But if you put the heat on your talent and how great they are, you'll initiate that reaction that you need.
1: That's actually very good advice. And what would you say is for anybody looking to get into commentary? Because we got a lot of guys who think that commentary—you ju- you just talk about what's happening—but there's a lot more to it than that. What would you say is the one of, some advice you'd give to anybody looking to get into commentary?
2: Study. Study the greats. Joey Styles, who just parked his car, uh, is one of the guys that I studied growing you up. You can't
1: see this right now. We're standing right outside the Elk, the El. And Joey Styles literally just walked right by us.
2: Yeah, he he just parked his Mini Cooper right in front of the building and. Joey, Jim Ross, like, you need to listen to the greats and listen to what not only what they say, but how they say it. Hey, create your own cadence, create your own, like, rhythm, because people will listen and feel comfortable with the rhythm, and the words will come. Read. Read as much as you can. Learn different words. Have a very diverse vocabulary, especially if you're a heel, because people like do not like getting talked down to, but also you need to be able to change adjectives, you need different verbs, you need to find different ways to say the same thing 87 times in a show. And you also just need to be prepared. Know who's wrestling, know what's going on, be comfortable with yourself. So it's not that easy to do. You hear a lot of people on commentary and they just treat it like a fun, you know, just they're they're fluffing around, but if you put the effort in, it will get you there to where you need to be.
1: Fantastic advice. Okay, only have two more questions for you. One of the last ones is, what do you think is your personal biggest highlight in the manager role? Like the night you elicited the most heat, your funniest moment, either the moment that you think of when you think of, yeah, that's my best work.
2: Oh, uh, it would have to be at the House of Glory show in August in front of 1,000 people. Like the most amount of people I've ever performed from in my career. Just that reaction I got when I slapped Big Daddy Cruz. When that audience felt that moment that felt alive. Like if you, were you there for that? Unfortunately,
1: no. I was not. I was stuck at my crappy job. Uh.
2: But that was like one of those great moments. Another one was working against the Rock and Roll Express in Atlanta. Um, this was when I was still managing the disrespectfuls. It was two days after my 25th birthday, and I had mono, which is great when you have to drive down all the way down to Atlanta to work against the Rock and Roll Express. I didn't care. I dragged my ass out of bed. We made that 20-hour drive from New York to Atlanta, and I got to work against the guys that made to- Tag Team Wrestling cool.
1: That's got to be an accomplishment. So final question. Thank you so much for your time, sir. What do you see in the future of Ryan Shapiro?
2: Well, oh, it's Matthew Ryan Shapiro, first and foremost. Get 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 your verbiage up, pal. That's my investigation. No, I'm kidding. But uh, in the future, just... Making the most out of any opportunity, like here tonight in ICW, it's a place that last year, they took me in, and Jack and Nana and Danny DeMonto and everybody in ICW gave me the opportunity to grow and develop and get the opportunity to work with guys like, I'm working with Trevor Lee tonight, which is amazing, and I might be doing commentary with Joey Styles. Joey Styles is the guy who I get compared to the most when I do traditional play-by-play and traditional sports commentary, because I do sports commentary outside of wrestling. So... To have the opportunity to work with guys like that, to do things like that, to take different opportunities, that's what I look forward to. I look forward to growing in House of Glory. I look forward to growing with 2KW Pro because 2KW Pro has been a company that I've tried to help build and help make into something and develop it into a brand that people will remember and resonate with them like an ICW or a House of Glory. I just want to leave this business a little better than I walked into it with.
1: That is a great note to end on. So thank you very much for being on the show. Is there anything you'd like to leave the General Admission Wrestling Podcast people with, the listeners with, anything you want to leave them with?
2: All right, you pabliens, this is how it's going to go down. You're going to buy my stuff. That's right, buy my stuff. Go to prowrestlingtees.com slash Shapiro and buy my shirts. We have four different types of T-shirts on sale there. If you come to a show, I have two shirts on sale every show. One is an event-only variant of one of the shirts. You can get on my Pro Wrestling T store. Follow me on Twitter, M. Ryan Shapiro. That's M. Ryan Shapiro. And also, like me on Facebook. You may not like me, but like me on Facebook, Matthew Ryan Shapiro. And as always, boo me, hate me, but listen to what I say because follow the trust and you'll follow the way.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, that has been Matthew Ryan Shapiro here at the historic Queensboro Elks Lodge, and this has been Avenging Ben with the General Admission Wrestling Podcast. See you soon. Smoke
2: weed every day.